Welcome to the Fromer Travel Show. I'm your host, Pauline Fromer. It's great to have you here with me live on Colin, or if you're listening uh, later uh, on another platform, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, tonight, we're going to be concentrating on lodgings. And to help me with the first part of that, I have Reed Bramblett. He is a travel writer par extraordinaire. He just wrote a terrific article for Fromers.com called The Best and Worst Hotel Booking Sites. Welcome to the Fromer Travel Show, Reed. Uh, thank you, Pauline. It's good to be here. And I think I totally mangled the name of that article, didn't I? I don't know how it went out. I sent it in as the top <laughs> 10 hotel booking sites. That's what it is, the yeah. top 10 hotel booking sites. So to figure out which were the top 10, that was quite an involved process for you, right? You didn't just, you know, look at a couple of sites and say, oh, this one's the best. What did you do to, to fully research that topic? Well, no, I really kicked the tires. I first of all went and narrowed it down to a baker's dozen of the, the best-looking sites, the most popular ones, so that I could you know, have clear ones that could stand out. And then I threw every test I could think at them, 60 different room reservations at wow. each site. Uh, <laughs> so I went for a hotel booking several months out so I wouldn't you know, get tripped up by last-minute savings or anything like mm. that on a non-holiday period. And um, I f checked for hotels in four different price categories, budget, low-end, mid-range, and you know, splurge, uh -huh. uh, in each of seven major cities, uh, some domestic, some international, to really see where these different sites would shine. Wow. And how many different sites did you look at? That's a lot of research. It is. I, I looked at 13, but it really very quickly became 11. I just saw that some of them just weren't hitting nearly the same numbers uh, in terms of how many hotels it could find in a given city, which I thought was also important. Right, um, right. Uh, in different price categories. So I really ended up going with 11, and it was, it was mm -hmm. a contest to see how high they could rank on that list and to stay and, on the list. <laughs> and of those 11... One of them has three names, right? Yes. Um, Expedia, Travelocity, and Orbitz are, in effect, the same site. Uh, they merged years ago, and they returned the exact same set of results uh, with slightly different-looking interfaces. So hmm. we just chose Expedia because that's the name of the corporate group that they use now. Uh, but to that point, um, there were also the number eight site. The number 10 site, the number three site were all owned by the Expedia group. Huh. Wow. Okay. So Hotels.com and Expedia are all the same, but you get different results at Hotels.com, Hotwire, and Trivago than you do at Expedia, which is huh. Express and Travelocity. So they have, I guess, different managers doing it, and they have different – is it because these sites have different uh, – what's the word – partnerships or different uh do they have different rules regulating how they deal with certain chains right well there are they might indeed have different rules because they are many of these um, sub companies of these big uh, booking engine holding companies own uh, based in different countries ha huh. okay so, for example bookings holdings has hotels combined and booking and kayak and priceline and agoda like they're all part of the same company Right. But they're based in different countries, and so they, hmm. they're 
work by different rules and regulations. And yes, partnerships do come into it. And I will give credit that several of the sites do have fine print, but you can find it usually near the top of the page, like how we rank our hotels or how we rank our listings or how our partners influence our results. And they pretty much are up front saying, yeah, we put the ones that we get the bigger commission from up front <laughs> and let huh. tell us to, to sort it some other way. So that's something to be aware of when they say recommended. That's one of those keywords. Right. It really is not them recommending it. Uh, it's them recommending it based on their, their back end. Whereas user reviews, guest reviews, they might be uh, getting a bit closer to how people actually experience the hotel. Right. Now, the last time you did this, I think the top three, I may be wrong, Booking.com was up there, Hotels Combined was up there, and there was one other, maybe it was Travago. That article? Well, that's all right. Uh, I don't know, because this is interesting. Yeah. Number yeah. four was Booking.com, number three was Kayak, number Kayak. two was TripAdvisor, and hmm. number one was Hotels Combined. That was the last time they did it. That was three years ago. We usually do it every other year, but COVID kind of pushed things off. Right, right. Uh, and those have all switched in terms of their placement, right? Yeah, they've moved around quite a bit. Um, well, Hotels Combined has only slipped to second place, and it was a fairly close race, actually. Right. Uh, Trivago is now at number three, and... Um, well, let's well, don't sure. don't give away okay, who's number okay. one yet because we'll okay. we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So Trivago is number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what did that mean? How, how did how did it compare? And did it have any strengths or weaknesses compared with the number one and two spot? Well, Trivago it it did. Um, some of its strengths is a very nice, easy to use interface. Um, which sometimes is a drawback because it didn't have nearly as many ways to filter the results and to huh. figure out the ones you wanted to. Um, it sometimes knew how to go look at a, a website of the hotel itself to find a cheaper deal than on a booking site, which uh, is a pretty neat trick, although the ones that beat it also do that same trick. And it also sometimes could find a rate that was lower at a booking site than the booking site itself would show you if you just went to it straight away. So I'm pretty sure that's a partner r- relationship. Huh. So if you went okay. to, say, Booking.com, and it would say it was $160, but if you went through Travago.com, it might say $152. I see. Very in interesting. Which, yeah. yeah, okay. And then hotels combined, I love the fact that it, it almost was number one again. Is that fair to say it was so, so close with the number one winner? Yeah, correct? It barely was edged out. It Only one time did it ever return a price that was below average on any hotel in any of the testings. Wow. Um, which uh, was the, the only one that didn't do that was the one that got number one. Um, hmm. It also has the best filters uh, in the business. So like, you know, if you want to do it by price, by distance from a local landmark, in fact, most of them say they have a list of landmarks you can look at, but they let you put in any street address. So if you want to be near your daughter's college dorm room, which you are <laughs> in Boston right now, you could put in that right. address and it would give you the hotels based on that location. Uh, only Kayak, which is a corporate sister site, has that same sort of filter. So it really made it a lot easier to sift through all the results there. Yeah. It's interesting because I would say probably it's one of the less famous sites on the list. A lot of people have not heard about Hotels Combined, but it's been stellar for quite some time. Why do you think it's it's flown under the radar? I'm not sure. 
Uh, I couldn't answer that. Uh, I okay. suppose it's, it's marketing. I mean, remember there was a time you couldn't get away from a Travago commercial. Sure. Yeah. I guess that's what. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, Booking.com has been doing a lot of uh, advertising of late uh, as well. So I think it's just not been really pushed as hard as the others. To, but we certainly have been reporting on it for the last five, seven years as being a fantastic site to go to. Yeah. And the number one, I was kind of disappointed that this was the number one because, frankly, I you feel... You want to be a little guy, right? You want to be some... I want it to coming. be a little guy. I don't want it to be that, you know, I feel like there should be a difference between the sites you go to for search and the sites you go for, for answers. I think there's monopoly concerns in this. But that being said, who was the winner? It is the gorilla in every room when it comes to search, Google.com. Yeah, Google.com. Okay, so what, what made Google.com so good? Well, first I want to preface this by saying when you go to use Google, if you're going to use it for a, uh, for a hotel search, type in Google.com slash travel slash hotels, all lowercase. Because if you just Google a hotel's name, it'll give you information about pricing and things like that. If you Google hotels in Boston, it'll give you like a little widget version of the interface. But if you go to slash travel slash hotels, you get a full-fledged booking interface. The results are really fast. It's really intuitive. It's the only site that never turned in the worst price at all. Huh. Wow. That's and impressive. Yeah. The one uh, thing that it didn't really do that well was um, it didn't find as many hotels as some of the other direct booking sites. Huh. That's surprising. Yeah. Especially Why do you think that is? Canvases. This was the case. Okay. I think it's important to mention that there are basically two kinds of hotel booking sites beyond the hotel's own website. Uh, and those are aggregators or meta search engines. They search the other search engines and all the booking sites and all the travel agencies and things like that. And the best also look at the hotel's own website. Right. And then there are online travel agencies, call them OTAs in the business. And those are things like booking.com and Agoda and Expedia and Priceline. Those are ones where you actually are booking the hotel. So a place like Hotels Combined or Travago or TripAdvisor is going to be looking at all these other websites and telling you the prices it finds at all of them. And this is also a slight issue, I think, with our top contenders, which are all aggregators, is that I went into it saying, I'm going to take the lowest price they offer me on the site and go with that. Now, sometimes right. that lowest price would bring me to the hotel's website or, or a name brand booking site like Expedia or Booking.com. But sometimes it would take me to uh, some site I'd never heard of personally or one huh. that I've heard of, but I've not always heard the best things about, a little bit of mm. being switched, things like that. Uh, most of the complaints about these these third-party, lesser-known sites seem to be, if you book a room and stay in the room, fine. But if any kind of problem arises, like you have to change your dates or something like that, that's when there's no customer service on the line and and people start complaining. So whenever one of these sites sends you to a place you've never heard of, do your due diligence, check them out with the Better Business Bureau, bbb.org, and just Google the name of the website plus scams or reviews. And uh, see if other people have had a good or a bad experience dealing with that particular website. So speaking of the fact that some of these results that will turn up will take you directly to the hotel's website. When I go around the country giving speeches, and that's what I'm doing in Boston right now. I'll be giving a speech at the uh, Travel and Adventure Show here. I give the results of your study, and I, I name you, I name you, Reed. I always give you credit. I say it's not my research because I know this is a massive task that you do for us, and I don't want to take the credit. 
But I often say, use these sites to research, but don't book through them. Because I think you usually get the best rates when you go directly to the hotel and go to the loyalty page. Because often they'll give extra perks or the lowest price or or other things uh, to folks who book with them directly because they don't want to pay a commission to the third-party site. Do you think that's fair advice? Um, I think it is, for the consumer, certainly something that they should do all the time, is always go directly to the source and see if you can beat the prices found online. I will also say that some of these sites do offer price matching. Like if you find hmm. a lower price, they'll match it. At least they say they will. Right. Um, and if we never, ever book through them, then they won't have any revenue. <laughs> so they won't be able to do the research <laughs> for us. Um, you are correct um, that oftentimes the website of the hotel itself beat whatever you can find on a booking site uh, or an aggregator, unless the aggregator does send you to the hotel website. And it's also important to point out that there are also membership benefits to some of these booking sites that can save you money over their list rates. Sure. And sometimes money over the price that you would pay directly to the hotel. That tends to be the case with the direct booking sites, the online travel agencies, not so much the aggregators. They can shave maybe 1% off if you sign up for their price match guarantee or membership program or loyalty program or whatever they happen to call it. Hmm. Now, before I let you go, you are also an Italy expert. Mm-hmm. Is it true that some uh, hotels, especially in places like Italy, won't even be on search engines? That they are so beloved by their loyal clientele, their little mom and pop places, that they just don't play this game, and that you you find them through a guidebook maybe, and you book direct. How, do those types of hotels still exist, or, or are they far and few between? They are getting rarer and rarer, but there are definitely some hotels that just stick by their guns, and they're going to say, we're just going to go with the word of mouth. And and what loyal travelers do for us, coming back again and again, the guidebooks, a lot of them say, hey, TripAdvisor, you know, rec- talks about me for free, so why should I pay some other website to <laughs> right, word right. about us? But well, uh, it, it is very few. I mean, for the most part, you can't. It's usually, again, the much smaller mom and pop places, inexpensive places. They're the ones that you'll find keeping themselves off of these booking engines. Right, right. Well, it's a wonderful article. We're always so grateful every year when you, when you do this for us. Thank you so much, Reed, for appearing here on the Frommer Travel Show. My pleasure, Pauline. Up next, looking at another side of lodgings, we have Adam Levin. He is the founder of CyberScout. He is the co-founder of Credit.com. And he has a terrific podcast of his own called What the Hack. Hey, Adam, thank you so much for appearing on the Frommer Travel Show. Hey, Pauline. Thanks for inviting me. Well, I'm inviting you to give the bad news in a certain way. I mean, we, we just were hearing about how you can save money. You're going to tell us how you can save your money from being taken uh, by criminals. How common is it that, that people are getting uh, their money stolen from them when they try to, say, book a lodging? Well, first of all, you know, our theory is scaring is caring. So therefore, <laughs> we're, we're, we're sharing the love today. Right. It's, it's very common. I mean, <laughs> the hackers are creative, persistent, and they are sophisticated, and they are always looking for ways to crawl in. And yeah. what, what they look for is when we're expecting something or looking for something, 
uh, you know, again, you have to remember the overall philosophy is that we all have day jobs. We work, we raise mm-hmm. families, we're involved in philanthropic sure. activities. We get, we're getting an education, we're traveling, all these different things. But for that's our day job. But for a hacker, we are their day job. So mm. this, all these folks, all they do is think about what can I create that will lure people in and then get them to do something either impulsively or inspire them to do something which may not be in their best interest. So you have so many different different things. You have yeah. vacation rental cons. You have third-party fraudulent booking sites. You have travel club scams, double booking scams, excursion scams, fake oh, Wi-Fi boy. scams. Oh, my goodness. So, Pick anything yeah. you want, and we can focus on it. <laughs> well, let's let's start with vacation rental scams. Uh, we were just talking about hotel booking engines, but the truth is, most of those hotel booking engines are now booking vacation rentals. How do you know if you go to an Expedia or an Orbitz or a Booking dot com uh, that you're giving your money to someone who is legitimate? Well, as long as you're dealing through a reputable third-party site, yes, like Expedia Hotels, that you know you're in pretty good shape. the The problem is if you respond to something that shows up as a banner ad, hmm. uh, or you get an email, because a lot of people get these promotional spam emails, right, uh, which are pushing all kinds of things. Like they'll, they'll, they'll throw out a price and say, you can go to Hawaii for this price. And the answer is, if it looks too good to be true, it's entirely possible that it is too good to be true. So that's why you must go to reputable travel agents, reputable third-party sites, double-check to see if there are any reviews involving uh, any offer that you see from any particular agency that you see it from. Because you'd be surprised. I mean, when people feel like they've been duped, they go online and they get real loud. So absolutely hmm. do your research and read the reviews and make sure that whatever listing it is, it's on a well-vetted travel site. Yeah. But, I mean, reading the reviews obviously important, but a lot of these scammers just change their names constantly, right? So, no, uh, you, so I think the key thing is – if they've contacted you, that is – so that's one of the key things. If you've never heard of them, if they've reached out to you, that's a that's a, a hallmark of a scam. Uh, if you've been told that you've won something, that's oh, also yeah. a very common scam, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I remember there was once when I was commissioner of consumer affairs in New Jersey 500 years ago, there was a, <laughs> uh, there was a scam going around where you have – you have just won an all-expense paid vacation uh, to Texas, uh, to one of the towns on the coast. And it sounded great, but when you explored it, it was basically a motel sitting next to an oil drill. So it (laughs) it wasn't the kind of three, four, or five-star accommodations that you were expecting. Uh, So. You, you really have to kind of check it out, even believe it or not, uh, check the place, check the address, go to Google Maps and see if you can look down and see something there. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you'd be sometimes it, with that. 
sometimes it can be a legitimate place, but they tell you as the winner that it's only you who can go, but you have to bring someone and then they charge an outrageous amount of money uh, for them to go too. Isn't that a, that's a common scam too, from what I'm remembering. Yes. That's the, the, the double up scam. And then there's, there's another one, which is the double booking scam. That's where you're on your way to your accommodations and you suddenly receive notice after you thought you got the deal of the century that uh, the rental property double booked. But hmm. if you give us a little extra money, we can get you in. And what it does is it, it it's the kind of the last minute approach to get you to pay more. And it because it's again, they're always trying to get you to do something impulsively because you're in a panic now that what you thought right. you were getting you're not getting. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I actually was in Colombia and I had booked a, a series of Airbnbs in different places. And the one I was supposed to stay in, in Medellin of all places, I got a an uh-huh. email the day before saying, sorry, we've had a gas leak uh, at the house and you can't stay there anymore, but we have another place we'll put you in. And uh, I wrote back and I said, nope, don't want it. Sorry. And they're like, no, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be this. And I, I alerted Airbnb into their credit. They they followed up and they got me my money back. But yes, it put me into a total panic. Uh, but no, thank- That's all about when you create the sense of immediacy with any human being, the, the, the panic sets in and the immediate response is, I'll do whatever it takes because I had my, my heart set and my mind set on this particular place. Yeah. And, you know, that's the, the genius and the, the horror of what these folks do. Now, it's not only in the booking where you can get scammed. Sometimes there are scams that go on when you're in your hotel room in a legitimate hotel. What, what are some of the scams you have to worry about once you're in the destination? Well, one of the scams is that you will you check in. It's kind of late at night. You're tired. You go to bed. You get a phone call. It seems to be coming from the front desk, as far as you know. You can't tell, but you think it is. They tell you it's the front desk, and they say, "We're having a problem with your credit card or your debit card, whichever whichever number you gave them. Could you please read the card back to us again? <laughs> because maybe our our you know our clerk entered the wrong information. Hmm. So." People are, they, they say, I'm not going to go down to the front desk. It's one o'clock in the morning. I'll just give them right, the information, sure. except it's not the front desk. Uh, another one is you get into your, uh, your hotel room and let's say it's after hours. So room service is done for the night. Uh, but you notice that there's a flyer under your door and the flyer is advertising either a pizza place or someplace that will do free delivery. And you, you call them. And they sound legitimate and they, you order, they ask you for your payment card information, you give it. And about an hour later, there's no food. Uh, You've just been scammed. You are actually what was on the menu that night. Right. Uh, And, and then there's another one where there are excursion scams where uh, they will say to you, uh, now that you're here, uh, by the way, there's this fantastic site that you should visit. It's a secret cave. So you get all excited. (laughs) It's a secret cave. You sign up. You do your credit card payment, your debit card payment. 
and all of a sudden you find out the reason why it's secret is it doesn't exist. Or, God forbid, you go to the secret cave and then you disappear. So oh. that's why you have to be very careful. Only a book, anything you do when you go to some uh, vacation site and make sure you either book it through the concierge of the hotel or you check with the hotel to make sure that whatever you're seeing in flyers is the real deal because you don't want to get caught in a situation oh. where you lose your money or yeah. they lose you. So this is uh, this is also you've heard about it because of a flyer under your door. That's how right. you hear about the secret the secret cave. I love that. Uh, or, actually, go ahead. Or or you're wandering through town, you know, hmm. and, and you'd see it in a rest, you know, because a lot of restaurants just have things up on bulletin boards or in little uh, sleeves. And a lot of these these restaurants they don't check. It's just somebody sure. brought a bunch of stuff and they go, oh, "That's great. Put some flyers." By the cash register. We're good. I remember pre-pandemic, when things got very, very bad in Egypt, there had been a lot of stories coming out of that country of people buying excursions from what they thought were legitimate operators to take horses into the desert. And then you Uh get into the desert and they won't take you back until you pay more. And you have no idea how to get back. Uh, so there, it, 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 it's so sad because there's a lot of vulnerability that comes into it when you're traveling. I mean, you know, traveling is an extraordinary adventure, but you're a fish out of water, and I think you get more, you can get more easily preyed on. Sadly, you also have to be careful. You know, how many times have you taken a cab hmm. in a city, or when you're on vacation, and they there's some stuff in the cab. Or the driver says, you know, you seem like a really nice person. I know these people that have this great zip line or, you know, whatever mm. the story is. Sure. And and you, you go for it. Now, sometimes it's real and the driver's getting a bit of a vig uh, sure. from the place. But sometimes it's not real and you find yourself in a lot of trouble. So uh, be very, very careful when you're in a foreign country in particular. Uh from whom you take advice. Yes, yes, absolutely. And we all are traveling with our devices nowadays. It's impossible not to be plugged in. Absolutely. But people are getting scammed uh, because of the networks they key into. Can you talk a little bit about that type of scam? Oh, sure. Fake Wi-Fi networks, especially when they're free, are, mm. uh, are a real problem. And, and that's because... You you think you're connecting to the real network, but you're not. And in some cases, you look at it on your on your smartphone, and it looks like it's the name of the right network, but you didn't look closely enough to see there's like an extra letter. Hmm. Uh, so you wherever you are, uh, if there is Wi-Fi offered, the first thing you need to do is is confirm that you're connecting to the real Wi-Fi. Now, I'll tell you a fast story is we, we used to do an event every year for CyberScout called the Privacy Exchange. And we had one of the top hackers in the world doing a demonstration. And one of the things he did is he set up a totally fake network and it said, do not connect to this network. Wow. And 36 people did <laughs> because they weren't paying attention. They just, you know, clicked on, oh, network. Okay, I'll click onto it. Because it was at a hotel. Sure. But 
first of all, you should if, if you're in a hotel or you're in a private home, uh, make sure that the network ha- has security. Now, many times you'll check into a hotel and it will say not a secure network. Hmm. So at, yeah. the, at that point, either use a, a hotspot that you should definitely sign up for mobile hotspots uh, to do it, to connect and also use a virtual private network, a VPN, uh-huh. uh, which is like an encrypted tube between your device and whatever the website is you're going to. And it also means it's very difficult to track you because they don't know that it's, that it's you. So a combination of VPNs um, as well as trying to make sure that you're connecting into as a secure network as possible. And if you're not sure the network is secure, it's one thing if you want to browse the Internet. It's another right. thing if you're doing banking <laughs> or doing anything that requires yeah. you to enter a credit card number mm-hmm. or to enter uh, sensitive personal information. You have to be really careful because it could come back to bite you. But let me, this may go down the rabbit hole a little too deep, but let me ask you a question. I was on Amtrak today, and what I usually do is I connect to my computer with the over Wi Fi with my phone, but my phone is getting its uh, connection to the World Wide Web as a phone. It's not through Wi Fi, it's through the bars, uh, it's through the phone service. Right. Does If I were to take my phone onto the Wi-Fi and then use my computer going off my phone's energy, does that endanger my computer? No, no. But usually it's your, your computer will ask you if, if you want it to connect to your phone. Right, and yes. If, you're, if your phone is operating you know, through a closed network like it's Verizon or one of the others, I, I think you're – you're okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to hear. No, that, that's always been my hack that I just I just use my phone uh, as my hotspot, uh, which I think is 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 a safe way to go about it. But well, it's uh, it, it it's a safer way. You it's know, a but safer Amtrak way. is it's been pretty good uh, yeah. with their Wi-Fi, and I I used to take Amtrak all the time between uh, New York and Washington hmm. uh, when I was living in the East. Right, but. You know, if I could just give you two or three rules of the road here. Before Please. Number one, always use a credit card. Do not use a debit card. Do not do uh, wire transfers or prepaid debit cards. Because never forget that when you use a credit card, it's their money. Right. If you use a debit card, it's your money. Mm, yeah. And, and even if the financial institution agrees with you that you have been taken for a ride, it may take them several days to get your money back into your account right, again. Right. Meanwhile, your account's blocked. Hmm. Another thing is always do your homework before you go on any travel site, which means is it well known? Is it reviewed? Are they listed with a better business bureau? And are there complaints or negative reviews you should pay attention to? Yeah, uh, definitely. Use a VPN. And, the, <laughs> and rule number one, if it sounds too good to be true, there's a high likelihood that it isn't true. Yeah. No, I know. I know. And that's the thing about travel. You're you're just hoping you're going to find that diamond in the rough that nobody else knows about and have this incredible experience that's also cheaper than anybody told you it could ever be. And and it never is. <laughs> well, like, sometimes I, it's like I found it. I found the deal of the century. <laughs> 
There's right. a reason why you found it. They wanted you to find it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, amazing advice. Thank you so much, Adam. It's been a delight. Uh, and I think we will call it quits for this week's show. But I thank everybody for listening. And to those who are traveling, may I wish you a hearty bon voyage. I'll see you next week. Watching cable